Chapter One of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. Dope by Sax Romer. Part First. Cosma the Dream Reader. Chapter One. A Message for Irvin. Monty Irvin, alderman of the city and prospective Lord Mayor of London paced restlessly from end to end of the well-appointed library of his house in prince's gate between his teeth he gripped the stump of a burnt-out cigar a tiny spaniel lay beside the fire his beady black eyes following the nervous movements of the master of the house at the age of forty-five monty irvin was not ill-looking and indeed was sometimes spoken of as handsome his figure was full without being corpulent his well-groomed black hair and moustache and fresh if rather coarse complexion together with the dignity of his upright carriage lent him something of a military air this he assiduously cultivated as befitting an ex-territorial officer although as he had seen no active service he modestly refrained from using any title of rank some quality in his brilliant smile an oriental expressiveness of the dark eyes beneath their drooping lids hinted a semitic strain but it was otherwise not marked in his appearance which was free from vulgarity whilst essentially that of a successful man of affairs in fact monty irvin made a success of every affair in life with the lamentable exception of his marriage of late his forehead had grown lined and those business friends who had known him for a man of abstemious habits had observed in the city chop-house at which he lunched almost daily that whereas formerly he had been a total trencherman he now ate little but drank much suddenly the spaniel leapt up with that feverish spider-like activity of the toy species and began to bark monty irvin paused in his restless patrol and listened lie down he said be quiet the spaniel ran to the door sniffing eagerly a muffled sound of voices became audible and irvin following a moment of hesitation crossed and opened the door the dog ran out yapping in his irritated staccato fashion and an expression of hope faded from irvin's face as he saw a tall fair girl standing in the hallway talking to hinks the butler she wore soiled burberry high-legged tan boots and a peaked cap of distinctly military appearance irvin would have retired again but the girl glanced up and saw him where he stood by the library door he summoned up a smile and advanced good evening miss holly he said striving to speak genially for of all of his wife's friends he liked margaret holly the best were you expecting to find rita at home the girl's expression was vaguely troubled she had the clear complexion and bright eyes of perfect health but to-night her eyes seemed overbright whilst her face was slightly pale yes she replied that is i hope she might be at home i'm afraid i cannot tell you when she is likely to return but please come in and i will make inquiries oh no i would rather you not trouble and i won't stay thank you nevertheless i expect she will ring me up when she comes in is there any message i can give her well she hesitated for an instant you might tell her if you would that i only returned home at eight o'clock so that i could not come around any earlier she glanced rapidly at irvin biting her lip i wish i could have seen her 
she added in a low voice she wishes to see you particularly yes she left a note this afternoon again she glanced at him in a troubled way well i suppose it cannot be helped she added and smilingly extended her hand good night mr irvin don't bother to come to the door but irvin passed hinks and walked out under the porch with margaret holly humid yellow mist floated past the street lamps and seemed to have gathered in a moving reef around the little runabout car which was standing outside the house its motor chattering tremulously Whew, a beastly night he said foggy and wet it is a brute isn't it said the girl laughingly and turned on the steps so that the light shining out of the hallway gleamed on her white teeth and upraised eyes she was pulling on big ugly furred gloves and monty irvin mentally contrasted her fresh athletic type of beauty with the delicate exotic charm of his wife she opened the door of the little car got in and drove off waving one hugely gloved hand to irvin as he stood in the porch looking after her when the red tail light had vanished in the mist he returned to the house and re-entered the library if only all of his wife's friends were like margaret holly he mused he might have been spared the insupportable misgivings which were goading him to madness his mind filled with poisonous suspicions he resumed his pacing of the library awaiting and dreading that which should confirm his blackest theories he was unaware of the fact that throughout the interview he had held the stump of cigar between his teeth he held it there yet pacing pacing up and down the long room then came the expected summons the telephone bell rang monty irvin clenched his hands and inhaled deeply his color changed in a manner that would have aroused a physician's interest regaining his self-possession by a visible effort he crossed to a small side table upon which the instrument rested rolling his cigar stump into the left corner of his mouth he took up the receiver hello he said someone named brisley sir wishes put him through to me here very good sir a short interval then yes said monty irvin my name is brisley i have a message for mr monty irvin monty irvin speaking anything to report brisley irvin's deep rich voice was not entirely under control yes sir the lady drove by taxicab from prince's gate to albemarle street ah went up to chambers of sir lucian pine and was admitted well twenty minutes later came out lady was with sir lucian both walked around to old bond street the honorable quentin gray ah breathed irvin overtook them there he got out of a cab he joined them all three up to the apartments of a professional crystal gazer styling himself cosma the dream reader a puzzled expression began to steal over the face of monty irvin at the sound of the telephone bell he had paled somewhat now he began to recover his habitual florid coloring go on he directed for the speaker had paused seven to ten minutes later resumed the nasal voice mr gray came down he hailed a passing cab but man refused to stop mr gray seemed to be very irritable the fact that the invisible speaker was reading from a notebook he betrayed by his monotonous intonation and abbreviated sentences which resembled those of a constable giving evidence in a police court he walked off rapidly in direction of piccadilly 
colleague followed near the ritz he obtained a cab he returned insane to old bond street he ran upstairs and was gone from four and a half to five minutes he then came down again he was very pale and agitated he discharged cab and walked away colleague followed he saw mr gray enter prince's restaurant in the hall mr gray met a gent unknown by sight to colleague following some conversation both gents went in to dinner they are there now speaking from dover street tube yes yes but the lady a native possibly egyptian apparently servant of kasma came out a few minutes after mr gray had gone for a cab and went away sir lucian pine and lady are still in kasma's rooms what cried Irvin, pulling out his watch and glancing at the disc but it's after eight o'clock yes sir the place is all shut up and the other offices in the block closed at six door of kasma's is locked i knocked and got no reply damn it you're talking nonsense there must be another exit no sir colleague has just relieved me left two gents over their wine at prince's monty irvin's color began to fade slowly then it's pine he whispered the hand which held the receiver shook brisley meet me at the piccadilly end of bond street i am coming now he put down the telephone crossed to the wall and pressed the button the cigar stump held firmly between his teeth he stood on the rug before the hearth facing the door presently it opened and hinks came in the car is ready hinks yes sir as you ordered shall pattinson come round to the door at once very good sir he withdrew closing the door quietly and monty irvin stood staring across the library at the full-length portrait in oils of his wife in a period dress which she had worn in the third act of the maid of the mask the clock in the hall struck half-past eight End of chapter 1